ESPN 690 and Action Sports Jacks presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're going to have to show a little more patience than the year two pom-pom people. Casey Kurtz. Yo! But what are we doing, bro? Come on! And Aaron Schachter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love, really celebrating their relationship. This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio, ESPN 690. We are back at the Volley's House of Cards here on 210 in St. John's County. We come here every Tuesday, 3 to 6. Don't forget this afternoon or evening, overtime with Kurtz and Middleton immediately following. Tomorrow will be in RV City. Thursday, the plan, I think, is to be in RV City as well. Friday, I'll probably be live at the Bishop Kenny game against Bowles. Huge game, our game of the week on Friday in the high school ranks. And uh, let's see, what else can I tell you about? Oh, tomorrow is Jaguars All Access. I just got asked about this, in fact, and we've moved it from Thursday to Wednesday because of the London trip for the Jags. So that's at String Sports Brewery and Rasheen Mathis. You've heard of him here on the show. Mondays with Mathis. Like our Rasheen? hour. He's going to join us. <laughs> oh. Our Rasheen. Yeah. yeah. I got him, got him signed up for the show because the players' schedules and everything get out of whack, so we go with an alumni uh, for the Wednesday uh, edition. I thought you were about to tell us that it was scheduled to be James Robinson and then <laughs> had to pivot. Now, now that would have been... That would have been something. Oh, boy. <laughs> Can you, why didn't we have James on the show this year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because then we'd be empty the rest of the Mondays, right? You would. You would. <laughs> that would have been a problem uh, as well. All right, hey, we got a big, big week here in town with the Florida Gators coming in, the Georgia Bulldogs coming in. We ranted and raved yesterday about, will the game stay? You know, what about it? Uh, what's What about Kirby Smart? Why does he want to move the game back? But you know what? We got to enjoy it, too. And I think eventually the game will be gone from Jacksonville in some capacity, whether that's on a rotation of sorts uh, or not. I think that's probably where it will end up. But I don't know when that's coming. But while it's here, you got to enjoy it. And the week is awesome. It's a huge week in town. The weather's incredible. RV City opened today. And, man, I haven't caught up with this guy in a long, long time. But I think he'll be pretty good at this radio stuff. Let's bring in C.C. Jefferson, former Baker County star, former Florida Gator. And catch up with CC for a moment. Brent Morton, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz. Hey, what's happening, man? Hey, how you doing, man? Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, great to talk to you. First of all, give us an update. Where, what have you been up to? <laughs> Seems like the question of the year for me, huh? <laughs> but uh, I've been I'm back in Baker County. I got a couple kids that I'm training uh, football, just not defensive line, but every aspect of the game. And just working and raising my kids, man, trying to figure out this life thing. That's awesome. Uh, good for you. How connected do you stay to the Florida Gators and to watching them and rooting for them uh, since it's now in the blood? Oh, man, you know, you, you hit it right on the head. It's, it's in the blood, man, so I'm, I'm always connected. Uh, haven't got a chance to go down and catch a game this year, but I, every Saturday I'm watching them on TV, rooting them on, man, hoping that they can pull it out each week. But uh, I'm extremely connected uh, to half the guys that I came in with are all gone, so there's a couple guys who I played with uh Ventrell Miller, you know, the yeah. older guys on the team now. So uh, I'm connected, man, and I'm I'm just a fan. It's actually kind of fun viewing it as a fan because, uh, you know, you can you can see see it from both sides, you know, the player perspective and the uh, fan perspective. So uh, it's been a joy. 
That's awesome. Uh, what do you, now listen, they could use you on that defensive front now. They're really struggling on the <laughs> defensive side of the ball. I mean, how alarming is it? Like, I'm not a Gator fan, right? But been out here 15 years. I watch you play. I watch a lot of players play. I've watched the ups and downs of this Gators team from national championships to the four and eight seasons to some of those rough stretches. But one thing that never – I don't know if I've seen a defense like this, CeCe. Uh, the defense is always there to some degree because you always have dudes. You always got talent. Uh, and I'm not saying there's a lack – well, there's certainly a lack of enough talent. But it's just shocking to see the Florida Gators not be able to stop anyone. And I'm not sure what that's going to look like Saturday against that big offensive line of the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, yeah, you got you got a point. We've definitely uh, been in a rough spot this year defensively in some games. But uh, I think that Florida-Georgia game has a way of just sparking that fire from the every player, you know, no matter if we're – undefeated up until that point or if we're, we've lost every game up until that point. You know, um, that's definitely a game that we mark on our schedules from spring practice all the way up until that moment. So uh, I don't think those guys will need much motivation to go in there and try to handle business. And, you know, the, the thing about it that I like about this team is that, you know, there are some bad times, but when the, when they're good, they are good. They look like a top-five defense in the nation. You know, they got great leaders. But, you know, when you go against a team like Georgia, you almost have to be perfect because they, they have guys and, you know, they, they have the depth and everything. So we just got to go in there, do our jobs, not beat ourselves with the mental mistakes, and just play four quarters and hopefully bring this thing home. But it's definitely going to be a challenge. And like I said, I don't think those guys need much motivation for this game. So it should be a thriller. What is CC Jefferson with us, former Gator, and uh, it's uh, obviously Florida-Georgia week for him, Georgia-Florida for others here in the River City. What is this week like? I mean, what do you – I'm, I'm assuming I'm asking you this question and you're probably smiling a little bit. It's got to bring back some really cool memories, not only the Saturday game, but everything bubbling toward it. Oh, man, it is, it's definitely – it's the best way I can describe it is if uh, – let's see – it's kind of like a kid waking up on Christmas, you know, getting that new that new game and console and all the games and everything that they wanted to come with it. Like the thrill and the the vibe of the week and everything leading up to it is just unmatched, man. And it's just like for me, being from Baker County, you know, uh, Jacksonville right up the road, Florida, Georgia, Jacksonville being the neutral site, like that game for me was the reason why I attended the University of Florida because everything about it just screamed the best of the best. You know what I mean? Like, if you go in that game and the winner of that game, the sky's the limit for you. And it's also bragging rights. So, those guys are extremely excited. Coach Napier is probably, you know, I think this is his first Florida Georgia. No, no. Yeah. Is this his? Yeah, this, yeah. this is his first, first Florida Georgia. So, he's probably just excited as those guys. You know, you got a couple guys who have already experienced it. So, they're probably trying to keep him calm, cool, and collected just until they make it there. But, uh, it is it is definitely something exciting, man. And uh, words honestly can't even put it into you can't even describe the feeling that they're having right now. I got look. I should have looked this up, and I didn't. Uh, 2015 to 18, right? Would have been your time with the Gators. How'd you guys? What was your record against them? Uh, I'm two and two against Georgia. I beat okay. them the first two years. And then the second two years, uh, I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, there was, a, there was a few of those years in there for the Florida Gators where I don't know what happened, not just against Georgia, by the way. Uh, and that's, that's been the case, and that's why some of the changeover. Um, do you like the Napier hire? And, like, I know it's hard to tell the direction it's going right now, but do you like what he's all about, his tree, the, the Alabama pedigree a little bit? 
the organization, the, the no-nonsense. It's, it's not really like trying to be funny in front of a microphone, guy. It's just all football, football, football. Do you think it's a good hire by the Florida Gators? I, I definitely think it's a good hire by the Florida Gators. And, you know, uh, that's what you need. When, the, when a guy's in front of the press, he has to do his job. You know, it's, it's not about joking all the time and doing all this and that. You know, you have to you have to there's a thin line between your players knowing that you're there to coach them but also knowing that you can have fun with them. And I, I believe like outside of the media and everything, inside those buildings, I, I think he has the, that relationship that makes the guys like feel comfortable enough around him to come up to his office. His doors are always open. So I think they have that relationship. But uh I think the hire is good. I love the way he handles the situations. He always keeps the guys encouraged. He always reminds them that, you know, bad things are going to happen, but also good things are going to happen. So you just have to play the game. You can't give up. You can't drop your head when, when things go wrong. You just have to play the game. And uh, it's, I, I like him. I like him. You know, uh, once he really gets a chance to re- go out and recruit and get his guys in there and get this thing back to where he wants it to be, I think the sky's the limit for us, man. But so far, so good for my opinion. Yeah, the recruiting will be important. CeCe, let me ask you this. You played for Dan Mullen a little bit right as he was coming in. Are you yes, surprised sir. how quickly it kind of went bad there? They go to an SEC championship. The team looked pretty good. I know you're on the outside looking in at this point, but I still can't believe that it happened that quickly with Dan Mullen coming out and Billy Napier coming in. I mean, it, it kind of it took me as a surprise as well. Like you said, I had the, I had an honor of playing up under Coach Mullen my senior year, and he, he's a great guy and a great coach. And um, I definitely think that they got rid of him a little too fast, a little too fast. Like you said, a guy coming in leads you to an SEC championship, which hasn't been done since, uh, what, 2016 with Coach McElwain? Yeah, so getting, leads to it. Getting yeah. Guys, yeah, I think my, my sophomore year was the last year that we attended one. No, no, I'm, I could be wrong, but I think I'm right. But, uh, you know, just showing the boosters and the AD and all that, that you're you're that type of guy to lead those men to that, I think that should have bought him a couple more years. But, uh, you know, that's above my pay grade. I don't make those decisions. Like you said, I'm on the outside looking in. But, yeah, that's how I feel about it, man. He was a great coach, great, great guy. And um, he definitely should have had a little bit more time to get this man, get his feet more wet. The pride of uh, Baker County, C.C. Jefferson, former Florida Gator, with us here on ESPN 690. Brent Martin, O'Casey Kurtz, Aaron Schachter. We're live from DeVoli's House of Cards here on a Tuesday. Uh, was playing at Florida, and you just mentioned it, which is kind of cool. You went to Florida in part or mostly because this game, this game that you grew up around. You're like, I want to go play for the Orange and Blue and the Gators. Was it everything you thought it would be, whatever your expectation was, running out in the swamp, being a football player on campus? Were, were all those things, did it live up to the expectation? Oh, it, it exceeded my expectations. Like, I do, like growing up as a kid, if Florida football is on TV, that's the only thing that matters for those three-plus hours. That's the only thing that mattered in my household. Nothing else mattered. So for me to actually grow that passion for the team and then later on in my adulthood or my teenage years be able to go and live out that dream, that meant the world to me, man. I remember the first time I ran out of that tunnel, I cried like a baby. I didn't know if it was because I was living out my dream or because I was that excited. But, man... It is everything that I thought it would be. And the Florida-Georgia game was the cherry on top. Riding over that bridge, seeing all those people under those tailgating, hearing the roar of the crowd when you get off the bus, just all the way up until the end of it. It was 
like a fantasy. And if I could do it all over again, I would go back to college just for this weekend right here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to I want to ask you a little more. Did you you so you really cried coming out of the tunnel? Like you were that must that was that emotional for you? Oh my goodness, it was that emotional. You can ask any of my teammates behind my back. I boo hoo cry because that feeling of just you know that a dream can come true was just so surreal to me and. It would, it would get me every time, man. It would get me every time. Like I said, if these guys need motivation for this game or to run out of that tunnel to get prepared for any game, then they're in the wrong spot because just the atmosphere alone will do it to you. That's a really cool story. You know, let you live left to tell stories sometimes, and that's a pretty pretty darn good one. Uh, hey, guys, just so you know how good C.C. Jefferson was in high school and the name started to become really big. You know, this goes back now a decade ago. But when he played for Baker County, Baker County, proud tradition of football. Baker County, one of the best atmospheres in high school football on a Friday night that you can find in the area and maybe even beyond. And Baker County has still been good, even since uh, CC left. But as a freshman, I think you were named like the MVP of Baker County and the high school football team. Uh, do you go back to those games sometimes and just be a part of the atmosphere? And, and uh, well, almost all of McClenny goes to that game, don't they? And Glenn St. Mary. Yeah, you yeah, you 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 know as well as I know the tradition on a, on a Friday night here in Baker County is like no other man. Every if you better go grocery shopping, you better go and fill up your gas tanks and everything before you know that game kicks off because everybody and their mom will be at the game. So, I um every now and again I'll go out there and check them out. I keep in touch with some of the players, but man, it's 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 still going good. We're actually under uh under new head coach, Coach Mays. He, he's got those guys going into the in the right direction, man. Everybody seems to be bought into the program. Everybody seems to be, you know, feeling the tradition of the guys that have come before them who have set the pace to get them where they are now. So it's they're in good hands, man. But uh, like I say, I, I try to get out there, and, you know, take my son and uh, show them my old stomping grounds from time to time. So uh, everything's still good with those guys. All right, let me ask you this: How can yes, the Gators beat? Georgia they're like 22 point dogs I mean look, sometimes the other team's just better than you at this stage of it Kirby Smart and Georgia coming off a national championship they're rolling again and obviously Napier is, is trying to build it back up they've got a quarterback who's very inconsistent they've got a defense that hasn't stopped much like can you find me a path other than I mean I know it's a rivalry game so you can throw stuff out the window but beyond that I mean is there something they can do well potentially to upset the dogs I think of you know what, and I'm gonna give you an honest answer here because you were you were just honest with me. <laughs> I think if they go in, because I, I, I every week I, I think Coach Napier puts guys in positions to win football games. So I think for them to have a chance, the only thing they have to do is just go in and be calm and not let the moment be too big for them. Like you said, knowing our history with Georgia, you know they they've been on top lately, but how this season is going right now. I think the Missouri game and how Missouri handled Georgia really gave everybody the boost that this team could be beat. So I really don't think we have to go in and do too much or or go in and try to overreact to things. I just think we have to go in and play our game within ourselves and the possibilities of a, of the victorious outcome, you know, it may surprise you. So the only way that we can go in and just get flat-out embarrassed 
is if the guys go in and let the moment be too big for them. And that's my honest opinion. Really good advice from C.C. Jefferson, former Florida Gator, Baker County star, still living out in Baker County now. Hey, man, fantastic to catch up with you. Thanks for taking a few minutes, and uh, enjoy being a dad out there in Baker County. Absolutely, man. Thank you guys for having me. We should definitely do this again sometime. Absolutely. We'll do it. Uh, that is C.C. Jefferson, uh, head of the Florida-Georgia game for him, Georgia-Florida uh, for others. And it is kind of crazy, Casey, and you know this. Uh, you're a bit of a Gator fan, mm -hmm. but... 22-point dog, I think it is, right? I mean, it's uh, I, I, it's hard to see. There's two different ways to look at it. I could sit here and say, okay, yes, it's a rivalry game. But we all know that stuff happens. Yes, some things crazy do happen. You can get amped up. I love what CeCe said there. Just don't make it bigger than it is and go play football, and maybe that would be enough. Just go play football for three hours on a Saturday afternoon. But I do think you have to schematically or kind of envision what could go right. I mean, is it simply they have to run for 180 yards, or is it Anthony Richardson has to run for 100 yards himself? I think this all is on the offense of the Gators because we know this. Everybody's going to score against that Florida defense to some degree. Even if they play well, people are going to score. So it's all on the Gators' offense to find a way to win the football game. And well, it just so happens that Kirby Smart and that Georgia defense can be pretty good. They can be pretty good, yeah, at, at the bare minimum. And I think the interesting thing for me is – Anthony Richardson can still be the best player on the field at any given time. I, I know the Georgia defense has a lot of studs. He hasn't done it consistency, consistently, I should say, which uh, has been a problem. So if he can do that, yeah, they have an opportunity. Also, maybe call Doug Peterson. He finally started handing it off to his guy named ETN. They should maybe give it to Trevor ETN because that guy's electric when they give him the football. Yeah, and, and he has impressed, but they still haven't quite figured out who they want to give it to, right? Yeah, no, no, they're still going back and forth. Like last against LSU, we had like eight or ETN at least had like eight or ten carries, something like that. I do think you're right. I mean, they, you need the Anthony Richardson of the Utah game, right? I mean, simple as that, right? Or LSU of last year. Yeah, it comes in. It comes in moments. Yeah, but it can be done. I mean, he's a talented guy. He has to figure it out and. I mean, we're, we're still dealing with that in Jacksonville, right? Trevor's not always consistent. He's a little more consistent than Anthony Richardson, but, like, the ability is there. And if it's going to pop off for one game, might as well make it this one. Well, and that's the thing. Like, it, he can play. If he plays anything like he's played in the other games, they don't win. And, and he hasn't played poorly in all the games. But I just want you to understand my point. He can't even play sometimes good and sometimes not so good like the LSU game, where he had some moments. But he also wasn't unbelievable. Mm -hmm. He has to play unbelievable. Yes. Like, he has to be that guy. Like, that's – so I guess, like, that is the path to victory because he has done it now. He's shown that he has the ability to do it. He's shown that a lot of – like you said, early in the year, right, after the Utah game, he will be the best quarterback on the field the rest of the way. Now, that hasn't transpired because he hasn't played well. But from a talent standpoint, a ceiling standpoint – you could make the case he is that, like he could get there. But is he going to get there for those 60 minutes on a Saturday? And he did it against Utah now. It's a good football team. And he played a clean game, a very good game, an opportunistic game. He showed off the skill set, the arm, the legs. And then he's been a little all over the place. I mean, from really, really bad to, like, a, can they bench him? To some other moments where it's pretty good. And all I'm saying is if they're going to beat Georgia – they need the Utah edition of Anthony Richardson. They can't have the other guys. Yes. 
100%. They need him to be that guy. Also, maybe it would help if they're peeking ahead to Tennessee a little bit next week. So I'm sure they're not because Florida George is a big one. But they do have a, a good little run coming at them because the Gators might give them a time, but Tennessee's really going to give them one. You know, th- this is the first time I can remember. you got to be careful. I always remember to say, I want to make sure I'm accurate. But I'm pretty sure this is the first time I can remember in my time here covering this game, which is now 15 of them, where Georgia had a huge game the week after this game. I just don't think they ever have like a like a big game with all this, you know, a high stakes game. There hasn't been a lot of big uh, games in this side of the SEC, though. Well, that's the point. And that's my point. That's why I don't think I'm miss, uh, speaking here. Mm-hmm. I think I'm right about this. Because usually on the other side, they get like Vanderbilt yeah. or South Carolina. Or Tennessee or, when they were Or Tennessee, who's been terrible, right? right? Right, quite frankly. So, I mean, so you, you do bring up a good point here. The folks in Athens are way more concerned about November 5th than they are about October 29th in Jacksonville. Yeah, that's the team that, at least on paper, should be able to play the better game. But, again, Tennessee's a good team, but I you can't discount the Anthony Richardson part of it. But, at least... Well, not at least, but you're probably going to know early in the game which Anthony Richardson you got. Which All right, is the scary part. Break. That was good stuff with uh, CC Jefferson, which could be a scary part. <laughs> scary for Georgia or scary for Florida. A little bit of both. It's a Halloween we'll time. Out. Uh, we are uh, live at the Bullies House of Cards. I'll tell you who we opened up for our fantasy card breaks, guys, on the other side of things. We'll get back to some NFL. We have some tweets as well. There's a lot going on. Did you see the NF- Did you see the offici- officials and Mike Evans? We actually explore a little bit of that in the tweets as well. Oh, good. We'll get to that a little bit later. Like, you got to get is, the graph when you can, dog. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Like, I'll, yeah, Aaron's really interested to see what you have to say about yeah, this. Yeah, I want Casey I to bring some video account. <laughs> I wanted to see if Casey had, like, pointers for the refs on their form. And don't you always love when Bill Belichick thinks he's smarter than he really is? Uh, Isn't there something fun about that? Enough with this guy already. It, it happened last night. Ugh. And what about this 2021 class? Is Mac Jones going to the bench? We'll talk about it when we come back here on Breaking Friends at ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back to Lily's House of Cards, a place to be. Fantasy card breaks, so I got to let you guys in and tell you what we did already here on the. Uh, at the Bullies House of Cards in St. Oh, Johns yeah. County, 210. We got ourselves a good couple of teams. Now we got to get in victory lane with these teams. Well, you got one of these. I got Daytona two. Daytona 500? Yeah. That's victory what we got to do. It, man, we got to get we gotta get in the money. Got to get in the Western Kentucky kind of money. <laughs> bro, who's our team, bro? <laughs> Hold on. I'm finding it. This is called stretching. Fantasy card breaks. Uh, we got to let you know about it. And you got to come down and check it out. It's really fun. And... We've been doing it all year. We got in the money early, but it's been a little bit of a dry spell. And that's because guys like Tom Brady can't play football anymore. Yeah. Okay. Had him twice last week in our picks. So if he has a monster game, let's say Joe Burrow-like, well, then we win. And he was playing Carolina. We had all the expectations. Do you believe? I didn't even know our team. Do you believe they lost to Carolina? We had Tom Brady. That's the NFL. You know how you talk about these NFL, how the Giants were definitely going to lose last week because the NFL is the NFL. Well, maybe we missed on that one. Nah, but but if, that 
that Tampa Carolina game is is li- literally what you're talking about. Nah, they finally got the fired coach bump. He was waiting told for the bump. You're, you're, fired coach bump. You're, we could have been here in early December, and you're like, see, I told you yeah. they'd get the fired coach bump. <laughs> it was one week late. They had to travel to L.A. Like, things were busy. Let them come in, North Carolina. What about Chicago, New England? You guys were sure as Chicago yeah, that, was losing last night. That is nuts. Who said they were sure? I was pretty sure you said sure. I think I would have been sure. I bet on the Bears. You know, you know. I hope you, you know, I hope you took. I hope you took the over Bears six and a half <laughs> points in the first half. Is that Did what you it was? see that? I didn't see that. Six and a half. Six and a half. They had to score a touchdown. And 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 you don't know that they're going to do it. I will tell you a good story though. Uh, I was going up against the Patriots defense in two different leagues, and one of them, they had to get. Four, I think it was, and they had six the whole game, and then yeah. they gave up thirty-four, which got a yeah. minus one, and they gave up like three fifty-eight yards, got another minus one. I got the W in both wow. leagues. Wow, let's that. go! That's, that's wow. nuts. How, you know, I will say that the fact that Chicago scored thirty-three Patriots in Gillette Stadium against Bill Belichick—that was stunning. Yeah. That was actually more stunning than Carolina winning. Like, is Bill Belichick ready to admit, or we could get to it, but, like, is he ready to admit this experiment with the no coordinators has yeah. failed miserably? Yeah, not only that, the experiment with, like, whatever he did with the quarterbacks last night. The right, quarterback we'll get to Here's our team, guys. Josh Allen. Like right, him. Nice, heard of him. Nice, nice, nice. Alvin Kamara. Okay, okay. Devontae Adams. Nice. Zach Ertz. Okay. Justin Jefferson. Right. Tyler Lockett. This is a great yeah. team. Well, Brian thanks. Robinson. Oh, the guy who got shot. Everyone loves Brian Robinson. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> the guy who got shot. Yes. <laughs> and, way to put it. and by the way, super flex know. with Josh Allen again. Oh, double Josh. Double Josh. We're going to score 370 points this week. Josh about to throw four picks. <laughs> Jeez, that'd be like eight picks. That'd be brutal. Uh, yeah, right? Anyway, if he screws up, it really screws us up. That's a hell of a team, though, right? That's that came team. out of prism? Okay. No, that's, no, we're not doing prism team. anymore. We're doing what? score. How many cards come in the score box? 40. So oh. it's, it's not because what happened was too many people were not getting like the whole roster. And so you had to make it prism, a little bit. Okay. They, they went to a, a bigger set of cards. You got to fill 40. out the roster. Yeah. And so I think that's what they lean. They're trying to tweak it all. And the, this is better. Hey, speaking so, of which. Yeah. You got to pick up Aaron's cards because he lost. You also lost two weeks. You better bring those back as well. Yeah. Also, Mark Davoli, if you can hear me, I'm sorry. You lost two weeks as well. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what's funny? Everybody but the kid. Davoli's lost. He's never been here on a Tuesday. <laughs> well, that is true like, now. He, lose, he lost the picks, but he's never here. So I can't tell him he lost. Well, make sure you bring your part and Aaron's part back. Yeah, I got to I gotta send you. I got to Venmo you money or something. You got to Venmo me. All right. I'll, I'll buy you, uh, you. You can buy the Pokemon cards. <laughs> I mean, I'm down with my son is collecting now, so I'm down with that. <laughs> Whatever you want. We got, I got soccer and Pokemon and baseball and basketball and football and all of them. Here at the Volley's House of Cards. All right. Uh, you want to do some tweets? Yeah, man. Let's get to it. What do you got? Well, we start off with trade rumors. Obviously, the trade deadline quickly approaching. NFL, very buzzy and busy, right? A lot of names being thrown around. Here's the latest one. Broncos top pass rusher Bradley Chubb. Likely going to be traded by Tuesday if Denver loses to the Jaguars on week eight. According to Mike Florio, this is from Doug Kleinman. Guys, Bradley Chubb sounds like one of those names where the rich get richer and he ends up in like a Buffalo or something, right? Or he goes to like San Francisco or Kansas City. Like this isn't somebody who's going to a mediocre team to make him into a playoff run. It seems like Bradley Chubb is going to end up on whoever's going to win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I, I don't know if I feel completely like that because Chubb has been an injured guy partly through his career. And he also, 
um, he isn't a veteran guy in that respect. So he's looking for another payday at some point. And so are you just going to rent Bradley Chubb if you're one of those teams? I can see it. I'm just saying I don't know if I completely buy it a la like the Von Millers of the world. And yeah, those the Rams like the rentals, right? They did it last year a few times. Bradley Chubb, what draft was he in? Let's see, uh, four years. So 18, 19, 20, 21. So he's on uh, your four, your five? his fifth year. He's on his fifth year. Yes, year five. And so he's done after this year, essentially. Yeah. It's a rental. He's go. He's go so to a championship. Well, or you've got to sign him, right? So you got to be like, does he make sense in Jacksonville? They've got two edge guys, and he's not better than. I, he hasn't done enough to say he's better than Josh Allen, is he? Oh, okay. Uh, I thought you were gonna say another name. I was like, what? You know what? I I know Casey. I I understand the look you're giving. Uh, what, you you K- think he's better? Casey is doubtful. I think he's down on Josh Allen right now, to be honest with you, if I'm going to read Casey's yeah, face. Yeah, it seems like a lot. He's, he's, he spends too much time on Twitter. But I do think Josh Allen is a stud, and, and I do think he's a top-quality player. I don't know that you're going to upgrade substantially, especially for the money you'll ultimately have to spend or what you'll have to give up for him. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, Bradley Chubb, in his career, has... 26 sacks. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Where is the sack total? There he is, 26. But in the last four years, he's had 14 because he doesn't play. But he's when played he does, 16 games, four games, 14 games, seven games. But the, year, right, so the years, years that he, he had plays, he's legit. That's, That's legit. true if he's healthy. Now, Josh Allen missed a lot of one year. So Yeah, let's stop pretending every player out there is DeBrickashaw Ferguson who's going to play every game they start in. Yeah, these guys miss games. It's just the, what the NFL well, is. do, but, I mean, if you're going to trade for somebody and then go pay somebody, does it make sense to take – they love availability now. That's a big part of this. Sure. He's played a lot. Sure. From college to other stuff. And so you're going to take a chance on it. I would say probably not. I mean, uh, Chubb actually tore his ACL against the Jaguars. Remember that Minshew game? Yes. And he tore his ACL and missed the rest of the season. That was against the Jags. Yeah. And uh, I think Chubb's a good player. He's really, I think he's played really well at times this year. That defense is good for the Denver Broncos. Oh, yeah. And he's played really well. So yeah, It's a shame the offense is garbage. But, you know, like people talk about this with Brian Burns, too. But, like, how many big-time guys or big-money guys or big-investment guys are you going to get on the edge? And I don't know if you have – do you have room for three of them? I mean, I, I know you can rotate guys in and out, but – are you going to throw big some money guys? big dollars at somebody to rotate them? It doesn't seem likely. That's a thing. That's why I, Burns didn't make a lot of sense to me unless you were going to move on from Josh Allen. I just don't see this organization moving on from Josh Allen. Yeah. All right. Casey, wait, wait. I want to understand oh. this for a second. Casey, okay. is it, can you really make – is there a debate to make and a good one? Especially with – I know some of the people that listen to our show and some of the people on Twitter that we interact with are not as big a Josh Allen fan as, like, I am. But is there a debate to be had that, like, I'd rather have Bradley Chubb than Josh Allen? There's a debate to be made, yeah. I think Bradley Chubb, when healthy, has shown he's really good. And Josh Allen, he's been good. But I think now the questions start to come where, you know, they got him some help, Trayvon Walker, and it just the production hasn't been there. You can look at the pressure rate, sure, but, you know, pressure rate doesn't get you paid. Unfortunately, the sacks get you paid. So... I think there's a conversation to be had. I don't think it makes a ton of sense for the Jags to trade for this guy, but I think he's a good player. And I actually do agree with Aaron's point where 
it'll it'll be very Von Miller esque in terms of whoever trades for him will win the Super Bowl because I think you put that guy on Kansas City. Would they trade him to Kansas City in division? Probably not. But if it did happen, that's like the piece they need. So I yeah. think I think he will go to a team that will go far in the playoffs. Tied for second on the edge in assists with eight. Granted, two forced fumbles, three sacks, isn't lighting the league on fire, but uh, 10 stops, 16 hurries, nine hits, 28 total pressures. Josh Allen's a beast. Josh Allen, by the way, 23 and a half sacks in his career. That's in four seasons, well, three plus. And for Bradley Chubb, 26, 26. in four plus. So, yeah, like. It's close enough. I'd rather have the guy that's been here that wants to be here. And younger. And- I, and I, I just, yeah, in a, in a shade younger, too. So, yeah, to me, it's Josh Allen all day. With you. Uh, all right, go ahead. All right. Next tweet's coming from Andrew Siciliano. It's actually a double tweet. It's a little, little self-conversation. He's recanting Bill Belichick's press conference. So the AM press conference, Belichick, the reporter goes, hey, if Mac Jones is healthy, is he the starter? Belichick goes, uh, again, it's a hypothetical question. Let's see where that is and what that is. So then later, after the game, reporter, Bill, was Mac healthy enough to play the whole game? Belichick, well, he didn't. So that's another hypothetical question. (laughs) Like, what a right guy. Do you have to be the ugliest, cutest person in the room? It's so annoying already. It's so tired. You're not Bill Parcells. Stop it. Belichick outsmarting himself is fun. What was he doing? What was he doing last night? Ruining the legacy of his team is what he was doing. Like, like he created a mess, didn't he? Like, I think he created a mess. I'm not sure what other people in New England are saying this morning. I didn't read about it. But I think he created a mess. I mean, Zappi's whatever. It was a 10-minute thing, He's a guy. And and Mac Jones is a guy you put a 15th overall pick on. He's either healthy to play or he's not. And you sure as heck don't take him out of the game in that situation. And then say it was planned. What? Well, here's why Here's why you think it was planned. Before the game started, Schefter goes, well, you may see both play tonight, which obviously means someone told him before the game, hey, we're going to play both guys. What is this, a preseason game? It's nonsense. Boy, then people went nuts for Zappy, though. They love, yeah, oh, I, I, was tired of, I was tired of the Zappy stuff, man. I'm like, listen, I, by the way, Mac Jones and Zappi look like they could be brothers. <laughs> they actually are the same person. They are like the, exactly know. the same. But I'm surprised it, more people weren't talking about that. But, hey, Zappi ain't Brady. Doesn't the Zappi thing feel a lot like the Minshew tone when, when Minshew started a whole quarterback controversy? In a this little town? bit, but the even Foles, Minshew. Like when I, Foles came back? Yeah, but I think Minshew has more substance. Than I mean, this kid, has he's had two, three games. Minshew's got numbers. I'm just saying, like, people are calling for the Zappi because he won his first game and was able to move the ball down the field. But, well, like, they, Mac Jones won, what, 10 or 11 games last year. Yeah. yeah. Like, what are you doing? They put up, like, 40-something, though, in the games that Zappi was in there. Okay. They did. It it's because the they're running the ball. I'm not saying that it's yeah, because of him. Stevenson has <laughs> he carries a game. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> the funniest thing about the Zappy stuff, though, was he throws that first touchdown, and the guy has, like, Myers has to fall down because it's such a bad throw. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was behind and, him and such. And, and, and not only that, he had to drive. The two drives were 50 yards. They got both at midfield. Short field. <laughs> so it's just like we, I mean, Joe Buck. Joe, did you, I, I actually hit up Joe Buck on Twitter yesterday, because, and I like Joe. Did he reply? No. I mean, oh. I had to get on Joe. Like, everybody was getting on the Fox uh, okay. and, uh, announcers the other day in the Jags You let game. him have it, Brad. Well, it's like Joe. He threw a five-yard swing pass, and Joe in his play-by-play is like, good pass by Zappi. Good pass by Zappi? He should be able to throw that thing behind his back and hit the running back. Like, what is this? JV football? Yeah. 
good pass by Zappi. They got carried away with the storyline, and think so they did get, Twitter. I think they they like get hearts in their eyes from the whole Brady taking over for Bledsoe legacy, do. and then and it's, it's like never right. happening again. The Western Kentucky Hilltoppers are proud of, Bill, of Bailey Zappi. I'll tell you that much. And uh, you got something else? And Billy's happy. Thank you. Uh, Tom Pelissero's got our next tweet. Full story on Mike Evans. Here we go. Mike Evans and side judge Jeff Lambert both went to Texas A&M, and Lambert was getting Evans' phone number to pass it along to a golf pro to give Evans lessons per sources. Lambert didn't have paper, so he borrowed it from another official. So, guys, the whole thing here is that refs aren't allowed to ask for autograph autographs because they have to seem impartial. But isn't this along the same lines? Like, hey, let me get your phone number. I know a golf pro that you might be into. Like, what? Now's not the time. Not in the tunnel. Not on the field. Like, what are you doing? It is kind of a weird time to do it. I'll give you that. But I also have no problem with this. To be honest with you, I have no problem if they wanted to get the autograph in this situation. Really? But it wasn't a situation. I think this stuff is way blown out of proportion. I mean, this... These guys are part-time guys. It's not like they travel with them. They're going to see them again. Who knows when they see them again? Now, they could easily have asked the PR guy. I get it. There's other ways to do it. But this is a day and age where we have phones everywhere. We have video everywhere. You're telling me this stuff didn't happen for the last 35, 40 years in the NFL? Absolutely it did. All right. Casey, what do you think of the ref's form? I think, listen, if you're going to ask for something signed, bro, you got to have first the item to be signed. Yeah, right? you got to hold it out. You can't be asking you someone in the moment. You what can't are you just walk up with no item, right? Usually you don't have a pen. This guy had the pen. He's like, hey, sign it. He's like, sign what, bro? There's nothing here. So Bush League. It's like asking someone to take a photo, and they're like, okay. And then you're like, hold on, let me get my camera out and exactly. set it up for you. What are you doing? Exactly. I will say Mike Evans, all-world guy. Got a lot of interactions with Mike Evans. I When I saw this, believe it or not, and it was like Mike Evans signing autograph, I literally was like, Yep. Yep. <laughs> Not surprising. Sounds about that's right. Cool. That's, good. Hey, that's cool to say. So he's a good dude, huh? My, uh, quickly. Okay, before Brady got there, oh. the Bucks. Okay. was a very loosey-goosey operation in the parking lot, okay? Let's just leave it at that. And the last game of the season before they got Brady, I was like, dang, I need Mike on this stuff. And the gate in the parking lot was just open. I was like, all right, I'm doing it. Wow. Roll right up on him. He's like, how'd you get back here? I was like, gate's open. He's like, <laughs> Uh, All right, and he did it. Everyone, everything I had. Everyone's life is in danger. Everything I had. So, like, what kind of suitcase did you bring full of memorabilia? I had like five things. He was like, <laughs> You're the worst kind of autograph seeker. <laughs> I, oh. I I used to see this from afar and and get disgusted at this grown men just sign this and this and this and this. All right, guy, just go to no, eBay, get out different. of my face. It's different. I said, Mike, I got five, bro. Whatever you got time for. He's like, let's do it. Right, yeah, that's a little bit better. I got I one more tweet we, before we run to break. By the go ahead, Brent. Okay, no, I think we hate officials more than anything in life. Mm. And the official has to get out quick, right? He's leaving immediately. True, true. Doesn't have but time. he, he could have been more. But he could have done it in more disguise. So let's be honest. But still, just this call your boss. Boy. Have your this boss call his way boss. out of proportion. Yeah. All right. Last tweet is from Sport Tech. Uh, somebody's getting paid. <laughs> it's a little bit of uh, context on Matt Ryan. I know we've been talking a lot about how Matt Ryan is bound for the graveyard, or as Brent eloquently put it, the old age home. $12 million of Matt Ryan's 2023 base salary already fully guaranteed. Fine, we knew that. $7.2 million of additional salary plus a $10 million roster bonus is guaranteed for injury. So if he would have suffered an injury this season, it carries into 2023, and it means that almost $30 million becomes guaranteed instead of just $12 million. Basically, mm. what SportTrack is saying is that this was a business decision. They know they're not making the playoffs. There is no hope in Indy, so you might as well not spend the money by accident 
when Matt Ryan breaks a leg. And they knew he was going to get hurt. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the other part of it, right? Like, you're, you're, you're playing with fire out there. You know what this is? This is Chris Ballard saying, sorry, I suck at, at picking quarterbacks. But, hey, Ursay, <laughs> I'm going to save go, you some dude. money. Lots of All money. Right? So I'm going to try to save you some money so I can save my job. Because we're not very good at this. And we'll go buy another quarterback in a couple of months. It sounds like Ursay is the one that made the call. So I think Ursay was looking out for his own pocket. I think you're right. I think there was, like, heavy discussion about it. I haven't read the article, but it's in The Athletic about how this thing all came together. Yeah. And I think it would be pretty fascinating. I just haven't had a chance to read it uh, just yet. But uh, if you want to, you can. There's a little shameless plug for The Athletic. They need it, They're going out of business. Are they going out of business? Are they? Of course not. All right. Oh. Football at five. You never know. Anybody writing these days. Especially, yeah, especially paywalled uh, websites, yeah. Well, football at five coming up uh, in just a little bit. We've got overtime with Kurtz and Middleton as well a little bit later on. Brett Morton, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz. We're live at the Bullies House of Cards. That's a weird question, Casey. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. It's a weird question. Why would Casey ask it? Well, we all know the true answer there. Casey didn't ask the question. It came Aaron from did. our guy, Aaron Schachter. You're asking what color hair? I call Casey the Casey. Red Menace because he's a redhead. I have a red beard. My hair is not red. Hey, that's funny you said I kind of didn't put two and two together. But, yeah, your hair is not like my kid's hair. Is that's red. red. Yes. But I don't see your hair being red, but you're... Your facial hair. Right. Is. So and then his attitude is red as well. We had it's, another coworker who doesn't have red hair. Aaron's like, well, what color is her hair? I'm like, not red, Aaron. I, I was thought, just talking to her. I thought maybe Casey was colorblind and he sees like polka dots when he looks at red or something. <laughs> no. <laughs> and uh, I think it's a you thing now. Hey, speaking of, I got my hair cut today. Yeah, nope, I asked nope. Casey earlier. I was like, hey, did Brink get a haircut? I did. And it was longer than eight minutes. Oh, but no. I learned something else at the haircut. They make better haircuts the longer than eight the minutes haircut, long. The better no, the haircut. The, the stylist there said that your hair grows faster in the summer than it does in the winter. Oh. That feels it's like nice. it's like your lawn. Is that like, like everybody is that real? Thing? Or it's is photosynthesis. That, it's your head only, or is that an everybody thing? I don't know. Is that a real thing, though? Have you ever heard that? We're going to ask in the break. You're like outside, the sun is growing things. A little vitamin D. Your hair. Photosynthesis, dog. Grows in the summer. Ask Ty and Kaylee. They're in school. They'll get it. <laughs> Tell them to bring home a science book. Yeah, just... Ask him I have, science. I've been living for 45 years, and I've never heard that. Been living the wrong way, Doc. <laughs> That's a good... You've been getting eight minutes haircuts this whole time. Nobody's had the chance to even tell you. Can't even get into a conversation. Yeah. Hey, Somebody you look like that guy us. from TV. Brent's like, no, nah, not me. Just come Somebody me. tell us if that's true. I got it right here, man. From Google, the sun and the heat do enhance hair growth. Human hair indeed grows faster during the summer by about 10%. Really? Educational program, Brent. Wow. Doing something new every day. That is nuts. That's really true. I know it hurts to come for me. I but... thought she was lying to me. Try to make you come back one extra time every two weeks? <laughs> yeah, well, that's all that we got on the story because she's like, well, you haven't been here in a while. I was like, I, I don't know. I guess it's not grown as You're fast. You're like, lady, I'm 65. <laughs> My hair doesn't grow fast. <laughs> we'll be back. Football at 5 coming up. We're on the James Robinson story. And is anybody else going to get traded? Or should the Jags trade for someone? We'll be back on ESPN 690 Live from DeVoy's House of Cards. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.